The podcast you're about to listen to is not safe for work. What the hell does that even mean anymore? And adult in nature. Take that into consideration. Put your earbuds in. Thanks. But I won't complain and I won't quit I am enormous, get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator, and this week on the podcast, we have a story from Seattle adventurer Soren Berg. Hey there, how's your week going? I want to be upbeat, and I want to say great things, but I'm not sure I have great things to say. I had a death of another friend this past week, um, another porn clown angst the clown also known as Casey died and I'm not sure why I hadn't seen Casey in a long time but I think the fact that Casey had almost died so many times in his life and felt fully invincible and yet somehow we lost him this past week it hit really hard it wasn't about COVID but COVID seems to be affecting every other thing the health care that people can get our ability to gather, to say goodbye. That's been one of the hardest parts for me of this whole thing. I also realized that today is the six month anniversary of Ouchie the Clown's death. And Ouchie, also known as Toad, also known as Doug, was someone who influenced me so greatly. You know how you wish you could hang out with the cool kids? Ouchie was a cool kid. He and his wife, Evil Pippi, the coolest kids. People that I would stare at from across the room and go, holy shit, who the fuck are they? And yesterday, when I posted about how much I was missing him and how it had been six months and we couldn't gather to have the huge celebration that he had planned on his deathbed with his wife, he told her everything he wanted. Because he had time, he knew it was coming, and he planned everything down to the letter. And one of the things she told me as we were talking about wanting to have that celebration and how we're probably not going to be able to gather in groups of 200 or more for maybe a year. It's already been six months and we're going to have to wait another year to celebrate him. While we were talking, she told me how much he loved me. Not just that he loved me, but how proud they were to be in my orbit. She said that I was a huge influence on Algie. What? How is that even possible? I discovered this world, the world of 
the Cool Kids Underground in San Francisco, which led me to the Sexual Underground, which led me to every single part of my life these days and has been for the last 20 plus years because of him. Because I saw him DJing at a party dressed in this perverted clown with a leather thong and Doc Martin boots and a clown face and an evil grin, but behind it, you could see the kindness in his eyes. Yes, there was a bullwhip in his hand, but he was one of the nicest people I've ever met. Mischievous, fun, and he always wanted to make everyone else's experience better. He included everyone, and he included me. He invited me to one of the best sex parties I'd ever been, And he wasn't even there. He just felt like I should know about it and that it would change my life. And he was absolutely right. And I'm so grateful for him. I have pictures of him up in my house. I have his funeral program up where I can look at it. And he makes me want to give that experience to other people. I get so many messages from people who are like, how do I find this? The internet does not want me to know. And that's one of the things I use stories for, to help you find the things you're looking for. When I coach the stories for the live show, for the podcast, for the live stream, I'm always telling people this story is a roadmap for people who don't know how to find what they're looking for. Maybe they don't know what it's called. Maybe they don't know what the name of the party they can find it at is. Maybe they don't know the book that can help them on their journey. Or, you know, when we're back to live shows, that they can play bango with people and ask questions off the bango card that lead people to tell them their own experiences and they make new friends. And pretty soon they're invited to be part of a community. That is in great part because of Alchie the Clown. You wouldn't think so, would you? But it's true. On another note, People have been saying such amazing things about the Body Storytelling live stream. How good it is. And I never thought that would be the truth. I totally credit that to Marty because I feel like I don't have any idea what I'm doing. But I'm willing to admit I don't know what I'm doing. And maybe that's a huge part of it. I don't pretend I'm on TV. Although it feels kind of like a community TV's. Maybe we're public access for perverts. Who knows? But we had this really great live stream last Saturday night. Amazing stories. One of my favorite things to do is to build on a story. And I got to build on a story about chastity play that I was really excited to kind of add a show component to the story. And what always happens at the end of a live stream is we log off of the live stream and Marty and I have a FaceTime and we check in, make sure everything is good on everybody's side. And then we take a day or two off while we recover from it because live streaming is intense. And he didn't FaceTime me when I expected him to. It took a little while. And when he finally did, he was crying. And he told me that the Zoom recording was lost. It just didn't come up as an option for recording. Whereas just like the last time this happened, we could see that recording light the entire show. We knew it was recording, but we're having big problems with Zoom. It's making us crazy because these are stories 
that we want for the podcast. There's stories that we want to give to people every two weeks on the live stream. And we want to be able to retain the stories, but we're having a hard time with Zoom. It could be because we're leveling up on this. People are saying this is the best live stream production. I got a compliment the other day from a corporate event producer who works in very high-end events. And she said, our Zoom quality, what we're producing on Zoom is so surprising and so high-end. Yeah, we are maybe pushing Zoom to its limits because we've had a number of problems at the end of the recording. We've lost one. We're still trying to deal with Zoom and trying to get a response to them so that we can find out if somewhere in the cloud there exists the recording that we know we made of that live stream. And this time it happened again. We were told that the recording wasn't there at the end of the show. It always says, go ahead and convert it. Do you want to download it? And that option was gone. Marty called me crying and we freaked out about it. And (laughs) I knew that he was about to go on a vacation for a few days for his six-year wedding anniversary to his wife, April. Hi, April. April is a super fan of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And I knew that he was ready to go off and take a few days off after a really stressful show. And we got him invited to an orgy. It might have been his first orgy, y'all. And when he contacted me a few hours later via text in the early hours of the morning, he's like, oh my God, it downloaded while I was at the orgy. Orgies are magical, aren't they? Yes, they are. So we think we have the recording of the live stream. We're waiting, but every all signs point to yes, and that's a good sign. It will be up on our Patreon soon. That's where the live stream replays live. And so that was a little good news at the end of a really kind of bad week. We needed that good news. Yes, I have talked for a while. This is my only human contact, you guys. Talking to you on the podcast is pretty much it. I have been isolating since March 7th, other than going to the drive-in theater for my birthday on May 14th. And okay, that's not true. I went to Walgreens. I went to Walgreens yesterday. It was so exciting. I had to buy a Father's Day card. I had to buy a birthday card from Milena Williams Haas. So I went to Walgreens and I went to the post office. That is the first time I have left the house since May 14th. I might be getting a little nuts here. So thank you for listening to my ramblings. I really appreciate you. Here's something that I like. Getting to talk about products and companies I love. And when that company sponsors you and likes what you do, you feel even better about it. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Uberlube. Their products are top-notch, and I can talk from my own experience with Uberlube. It's lube that makes you feel good. Lube exists to make what feels good feel even better, and Uberlube really does that. If you're going to add to those magic moments, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, most body-safe ingredients. And for that, nothing beats Uberlube. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you the many ways, but you can pick the one that works for you. Uberlube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little vitamin E. The vitamin E leaves this velvety finish that actually moisturizes your skin. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, anal, all your favorite stuff. 
People can also use it on their hair, for their hair frizzies, for chafing, like for chub rub under your breasts or between your thighs. And that's a good tip as we head into hot water, right? It's good for massage and even more. And UberLube is for everyone. Thousands of doctors recommend UberLube as their go-to solution for patients experiencing dryness. UberLube's simple ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to other lubricants. UberLube lets skin feel skin. Lube is supposed to enhance touch and not overpower it. UberLube adds a thin layer that leads to just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensations. UberLube's measured pump allows you to dispense the perfect amount of product every time, even in the dark. And you're in control of how long it lasts. UberLube offers long-lasting performance when you want it, then quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It feels like a nice moisturizer when you're finished. Many people often say, I never knew lube could be this good. Users report loving it on their body and not feeling like they need to wash it off. There's no flavor and no scent. And what makes it body safe? It's free of nasty additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. God, that's a tough word. It stays on the surface of your skin and doesn't enter your bloodstream like water-based lube. And that sounds important, doesn't it? UberLube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. UberLube works underwater, making it great for sexy fun in pools, lakes, and tubs. It will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. And right now they're offering Body Storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use the code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. That's 10% off, y'all. And free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. Thank you to Uberlube for supporting the Body Storytelling Podcast. Uberlube lets you feel what you want to feel. Give it a try. It really is the best. Are you ready for a story? This storyteller is someone who's told many times on my stage in Seattle. And I will tell you the truth. I am missing my Seattle show greatly. The venue just closed and the rebar is gone. So who knows when I'll be coming back to Seattle. There's no place to come back to right now. But one of my favorite things about the Seattle show is their willingness to build something weird with me. And you know that that's something I dearly love. It's not just about helping somebody build a story and putting them in front of a microphone and hosting it so that people can give them the acclaim that they deserve and the response that they deserve. That I love. I love doing that. But what makes it next level for me is if we can build something extra around the story, build something special. And this story had a component to it that made it so much fun, something that made the night of show. It's almost like Telling the story becomes part of the story. We add this whole new component to this story. I'll tell you in just a moment what that is. But first, this story is from adventurous outdoorsman and board game nerd, Soren Berg. So it's 10 a.m. 
and the slightly hungover silence of the Burning Man kink district <laughs> is broken by the sounds of classical music playing. And that's my cue to get up and jog over to the neighboring camp where I join an ever-swelling crowd that is dancing like maniacs to the sound of this Australian woman doing a yodeling rendition of Offenbach's Can Can. <laughs> and it's a gr I go every morning. It's a great way to start the day. <laughs> but if I'm being perfectly honest, it's not the only reason I go. I also go because I have a huge crush on this girl there. And I've, I've talked to her once or twice. Um, I can see her dancing. She's wearing a mini skirt length red silk kimono as we're all spinning and crossing and linking arms. And her name is Textbook. And <laughs> burner names, you know. <laughs> and she looks sort of like Audrey Hepburn, but with these big round glasses and a septum piercing and her hair is buzzed short on the sides and the top it's in tight braids and even the ever-present dust can't disguise this blue green dye job so the song comes to its operatic finale and i start walking over towards her but she's already talking to some friends and i chicken out i abort mission an hour later, I'm sitting in my camp when my friend Mia walks in with textbook. And I'm thinking, great, I can get an actual introduction and like get to know her. Maybe I can ask her out or at least give her my number before this festival ends and we all go home. But before I can say anything, Mia stands in front of the camp and says, hello everyone. This is my friend textbook, and she's having, you are all invited to her anonymous gangbang. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't even know what to think. Is this, is this a good thing? <laughs> I mean, an hour ago I was afraid to talk to this person, and now I can just fuck them and not even tell them my name? Okay, <laughs> but is this happening? If, if I was watching a porno and this was a plot development, I would think, you know, that's a little far-fetched. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I wanna get to know this person. I, I don't know if this is even what I want. I mean, I'm still gonna go. <laughs> I'm just gonna play it by ear, you know? Besides, a bunch of my friends are going. There's Mia, of course, who looks like Lucy Liu, but with spikier hair and badass tattoos. And there's Daisy, who it has this gorgeous burgundy red hair and looks sort of like Amy Schumer. And so I figure, you know, I'll just go with the crowd. The next day comes and I'm approaching this large canvas structure and I'm nervous because I don't, I don't really know about this whole having sex in front of a bunch of people thing. Like an orgy is one thing, but a gangbang seems much more performative. <laughs> so I don't know what to expect. I don't know how this works. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, 
But I walk in the door, and there's a big four-foot-tall whiteboard that says rules. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you know, it's standard stuff. You know, everyone has to have a recent STD screen, use protection. The gangbang will be 90 minutes. Uh, there's an MC. He's got short, dark hair. You can ask him questions. There's even a list. There's a list of do's and don'ts. So there's um, no to spanking, but yes to hair pulling. Uh, no to anal, but yes to having a guy come all over my back. You know, the standard stuff. <laughs> and on the table, there's also these, uh, a little pile of condoms and a little pile of gloves and lube and a water cooler and some cliff bars, cause you know. <laughs> very considerate, gangbang snacks. <laughs> so I walk past the table and I see textbook and she is wearing a schoolgirl outfit with a white top and red plaid skirt and she is face down on a spanking bench at like waist height and all of her limbs are tied to the, to the arm and foot rests and she's blindfolded and there's a guy behind her, fucking her, with short, dark hair. So I guess if I have questions, he looks a little busy, but maybe later. <laughs> As I watch, another guy walks up uh, and starts getting a blowjob, and so I guess this party has started. <laughs> I walk up with a couple of other people, and now there's like five of us, and we're touching her back and the sides of her breasts, which are squashed against the bench. And I don't think she could have any idea like what's going on. There's so many people and we're all rotating in and out and not really talking loudly. So it must be very disorienting, but there's probably some people that she could have guessed. For example, Mia rolls in with a pair of safety shears, cuts, textbook's top off, grabs the skirt and straddles her, climbing up on top, and starts grinding on her back, and is moaning in seconds, and then almost immediately squirts all over her. <laughs> There's only so many people that can pull that off. Uh, so I, I start getting excited. I start getting into it. I put some gloves on. I'm fingering textbook, but I'm still not going quite all the way. I'm still a little nervous. There's a lot of people watching. Uh, but not all my friends have this problem. For example, Daisy. <laughs> Daisy rolls up wearing my cowboy hat, a bright rainbow strap-on, and basically nothing else. <laughs> And she grabs that skirt like a bridle and starts going to town. And it's incredible. I've never seen anyone use a strap-on quite like that. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm rotating in, getting involved, and uh, textbook is having a grand old time, <laughs> from what I can tell. Uh, we start getting uh, inventive. You know, 90 minutes is a long time. So. One person who does like spanking has an idea. And after checking with textbook, 
this person climbs up on top of textbook like she was just part of the spanking bench and we all take turns spanking her so that she's moaning and squealing and every impact is just thrusting her into textbook who is essentially getting spanked by proxy. <laughs> Mia decides to make it even weirder. <laughs> she's got these little doll arms, these like, with these tiny one inch wide hands. And she's running them all over textbook. And then she takes two of them and puts a condom over it and is putting them inside textbook. I don't think textbook had any idea what was going on. <laughs> it's around this time that the MC calls a five minute warning. <laughs> and I realize that no one has come on her back. And I look, uh, my friend Hope Up is still playing with her, but he takes a long time to orgasm. And every other guy is sort of winding down and laying on this futon. And I, I realize that it's up to me. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> so I step back. I, I disassociate myself a little bit. And I ignore all the people on that futon watching. And I just look at textbook, who is disheveled and her skirt has been long since cut away. Her one arm is untied, the better to give blowjobs with. Her blindfold is askew. And I just concentrate on this incredibly sexy sight and start getting pretty excited. So once I get close, I climb up on top of the spanking bench and I place a hand between her shoulder blades to steady myself and I come all over her back. And I hear her laughing as she realizes what's going on. <laughs> I get a little, little cheer from the peanut gallery. <laughs> and, and that's it, the time is called, and the MC says, if anyone wants to stay anonymous, GTFO, but I stick around. So textbook gets cleaned up and takes off the blindfold, and we are all laying on this futon and just laughing and talking about this crazy experience we all just shared. And that's the end of the story, but there is something you all should know. Uh, I learned that sometimes, for no goddamn reason, the universe just does you a solid. <laughs> because armed with my newfound connection of the guy who came on your back, <laughs> and with some encouragement from Daisy, I do give textbook my number. And, and we talk, we talk about me coming here and sharing this story with all of you. And she really likes that idea. In fact, she likes that idea so much she is here in the audience. <laughs>
Not only that. Not only that. Yeah. Not only that, but tonight is our first date. And I want to... <laughs> so I want to thank all of you for coming out and starting it off so awesome. <laughs> Okay, wasn't that a great story? Let me tell you about the backstory on that story. When Soren pitched me that story and we started working on it, one of the things that happens when you work on a story is often it brings up this feeling of the need for closure. You get to the end of your story as you're working on it and you're like, what is the actual end of this story? What is the outcome of this story? And this happens pretty often. People are like, I'm going to invite the person in that story to the show to hear me tell that story that they star in. Right? That's going to happen. However, this time, the date that was supposed to happen that really didn't was a date to come to body storytelling and be surprised by Soren's version of the story. A story they never got to hear because they never really got to have that date textbook sat in the audience that night. And hopefully, you got to hear textbook yell out at the end of the story and tell us how much they loved hearing a story about them on a date. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't you love to show up for a date and have somebody talk about you for 10 or 15 minutes and how important you were and how important that interaction was with the storyteller? We created that moment together at a live show. Those are some of my favorite things ever. And I'm so grateful to Soren for letting me be part of that experience. Thought I'd end up with Sean, but it wasn't a match. Wrote some songs about Ricky, now I listen and laugh. Even almost got married, and for Pete I'm so Wish I could say thank you to Malcolm Cause he was an angel One taught me love One taught me patience And one taught me pain Now I'm so amazing To have loved and I've lost But that's not what I see so look what I got Look what you taught me Yeah, for that I say Thank you, thank you, thank you 
song was Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. A global pandemic and economic devastation. How the hell does someone who makes a living in the performing arts continue to not live under a bridge? Well, I can tell you the truth. It's Patreon. Patreon is doing it for me right now. It's the only thing helping me pay my rent and helping me continue with the podcast, the live stream, and maybe someday, one day, maybe the live shows will be back for body storytelling. You're making that possible. The people who have committed to a monthly subscription and they get stuff for the monthly subscription. They are the ones who are continuing this journey for me. They are the ones who are making this possible. If you become a member of the Body Storytelling Patreon, not only do you know that you're making a difference, but you're gonna get really great rewards that you can't get anywhere else. Kinda like a Kickstarter, but ongoing and way cooler. Cause you know, we're dirty and stuff. You get rewards like free tickets to the live stream, which is happening every two weeks. You ensure that you get ad-free episodes of the podcast, which is happening every week. You get the live stream replay. Maybe you can't attend at the time that the live stream goes live, but you get the replay and nobody else gets it. We put it on Patreon. If you're a body storytelling super fan, everything you want is right there on Patreon waiting for you. You don't have to find us on social media. You don't have to hope maybe that your filters shut us down because we talk about sex. Nope. Patreon lets us be who we are. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. So go to patreon.com slash body. You know how to spell it and support us at any level you can. I will tell you, if you support us at the $10 a month and up level, that's where you get the free live stream tickets. That's where you get the live stream replays and the rewards go up from there. Thanks in advance for your support. You want to know something that's really strange? Something I never thought I'd hear said. People are telling me that one of the best things about quarantine, one of the best things about this pandemic, is that body storytelling has been forced to learn to live stream. Isn't that surprising? I mean, yeah, 
we couldn't do live shows anymore. And now we're live streaming. And it means that people can be part of the body storytelling community, no matter where they are. We're having people from all over the world tune in and tell us how much they love what we're creating. And it's different than the live shows. It's more intimate because they're right up in your face on your computer screen, yet it's informal. It's very community feeling. You can see the other freaks who might be there at the show with you. People dress up and get into it. We have exhibitionists that you can watch while you listen to stories too. It makes you feel a little bit less alone while you're cooped up and the stories are amazing. So I want to tell you about a very special live stream that we have coming up. On Saturday, June 27th, yes, Pride Weekend, we are doing a special Pride celebration. I'm really thrilled to say that after almost 10 years of trying to get a story from her, I finally have a story from the most photographed nun in the world, Sister Roma. Sister Roma is a sister of perpetual indulgence. She is an icon, and I am so thrilled that we're finally going to have her on the live stream. We also have drag queen jukebox Chichi LaRue. We've got music from Shirley Gnome and more to come. So tickets are now on sale for the live stream for Pride Celebration. You can find a link in the show notes. Please join us. It is the best thing that you're going to have going on on your computer. I guarantee it. Looks like we're at the end of the episode. So I want to say thank you to all the people who've made the podcast possible. Thank you to podcast producer and live stream technical director, Marty Garcia. Marty, you are fucking killing it. Thank you to sound engineer, David Grossoff. Thank you to video archivist. You know, the live stream replays that we're doing. Joe is helping us with the live stream replays. Thank you so much, Joe Moore. Thank you to you for listening, for writing us a review wherever you do so that people can know that this podcast is worth their time. And tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is the way that most people find us. And it's really, really important right now. And before I go, I want to remind you that I'm a part of the Pleasure Podcasts Podcast Collective that's a hard thing to say, which is a podcasting collective that is bringing more sex positivity to the world. I wanted to tell you about one of the other podcasts in our group and encourage you to listen to them. Here's a word from Sluts and Scholars. Sluts and Scholars. Hi, this is Nicoletta Heidegger, therapist and sexologist and host of the podcast Sluts and Scholars. I'm excited to answer the Pleasure Podcast question of the month, which is, what is my number one sex tip for quarantine? If you're like me and haven't been feeling super sexy while you're anxious during a pandemic, get creative. Redefine what sex and pleasure mean to you. Expand the definition beyond penetration and see if you can find other ways to feel joy and pleasure with yourself or with a partner. If you need help getting the ball rolling, try a worksheet like the ones that accompany Emily Nagoski's amazing book, Come As You Are. And of course, check out the Sluts and Scholars podcast for more sexy support.